A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hello, Michael Clinton. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Unleash Your Story series. We're so grateful to have you here today. You're here to share your wonderful new book, Roar, into the second half of your life before it's too late. And we just briefly touched on how important it is to really take the life by the or bull by the horn and really live it to the fullest because we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know if we'll be here tomorrow or or next year, or if we don't wake up tomorrow. But you have a very interesting story. Before we go to share all those wonderful, yummy details from your book, just share a little bit about your backstory with our audience. Thank you, Christine. It's great to be here. Um, you know, I, um, I, I come from a poor working class family in Pittsburgh, and I went to New York City as a young guy uh, with $60 in my pocket, a college degree, and no contacts and wanted to be in the magazine publishing business. And so uh, I did that. I My first real big job after multiple years was the publisher of GQ for many years. And then I climbed the, the magazine industry ranks. I'm most recently the president and uh, publishing director of Hearst Magazines and had the, the great pleasure of launching Oprah's Magazine and Food Network and HETV and so many more. But after a 42-year career in that world, I was ready to step out and do my own personal roar into a whole new, into a whole new place. And um, so that's what this book is all about. Not just my stories, but 40 amazing interviews with 40 amazing individuals. Wow. It's amazing how our time on this planet goes so quick. And uh, what, what did you, I mean, I'm sure you've covered some of it in your book, but if you had to take one big lesson you've learned in all of your time uh, as a publisher and, and, and such, what would you say your biggest lesson has been? You know, I think the biggest story takeaway for all of these interviews and just things that I've picked up along the way is the intense commitment to being true to yourself and being true to your own North Star, because so many of us get sidetracked on things in our life that our parents wanted us to do, or our partner wanted us to do, or our kids want us to do, or our brothers and sisters want us to do. 
we all know the story about the dentist who really wanted to be an anthropologist, but their his parents or her parents said that's not a practical occupation. But you have to be true to your own passion and your own North Star. And I think that the people who do that have the most life satisfaction. And by the way, you can pivot to that at any time in your life. It doesn't have to be in the beginning. It can be when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. So go at it. Go at it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And Michael, you know what's interesting about this? My father said as a, as a child, he had said to me, I want to be a NASA scientist. Well, maybe right. not working for NASA would not have worked, but being a scientist is never too old to be a scientist. And, uh, you know, who says you have to do it as a full-time job? It could be something you do alongside of your day-to-day nine-to-five if you're not able to give up your day, you know, your day job and just do it as a business or go into that field. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't do it. Now, what prompted you to write your book? Well, you know, when I was about to step out um, of this day to day and I would read and do research on what had been written about next next chapter, so to speak, I, I really found a lot of the work that had been done was kind of uninspired in that for the people who are 50 plus today, we are rewriting the script as to what 50 plus is going to look like. And the construct that we were handed to that was handed to us by our parents and our grandparents is not relevant anymore because we're going to live, if we're healthy, if you're 50 and healthy, you have a good shot of living to be 90. So you can have multiple careers and multiple relationships and multiple lifestyles over the arc of that life. So, you know, I wanted to identify the people who had already done this. So I call them reimagineers and they are the people who are leading the way and this, my generation, is going to lead the way for the next generation who are going to lead, live even longer. Yeah. You know, by the year, I think it's by the year 2100, it's mm-hmm. estimated that 5.3 million people in America will be 100 years old or older. Wow. And, you know, so we're laying the groundwork what, what will be a different kind of 50 plus life. Mm-hmm. So I wanted the positive spin that turned everything on its head and said, you can be a parent at 50. You can start a new business at 70. You can fall in love at 80. Uh, you know, there's no end to this. This is a constant reimagination of who you might and can be. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what led me there. I, you know, what's lovely about this, Michael, is that we I was told by my mom when I graduated high school. OK, so when do you start your new job? I'm like, I just got my graduate degree. Can I just like chill a few days? Yes. Um, but she was immediately like, you get a job, you work till you're 60, 65, and then you get to retire and then you can have fun. I'm like, what? <laughs> that That's what I get to sign up for? I don't yeah. want that. I don't want to wait yeah. till I'm 65 till I get to have fun. And uh, that it doesn't have to be the case. And and now what I really like about the millennial and Gen Z's, they're like, they're deciding to have three or four different businesses. They might work for someone and do a couple side hustles, but they have a lot of different passions. And, and that's, that's what you can do. You could, you don't have to just do one thing, go home and go right. to sleep and start over again. Right. Right. I'm totally inspired by that, the, that thinking of, from the millennials uh, generation and the, the concept, one of the concepts in the book is called life layering. And it really ties into what you're saying, Christina, that you can be you can have a, a work life, but then you add another layer to that life that is around your passion. Mm-hmm. And you add another layer around your life that is around something that you want to build for the long term. And you end up having all these multiple layers that are running simultaneously. Well, you don't give up one for the other. So, you know, when I turned um, 39, I thought I was like the most boring human being on the planet. 
I had a great job, but I was kind of working, working, working. And I decided mm -hmm. to do three things, take a flying lesson, climb Mount Kilimanjaro and do a race car driving class. And I ended up becoming a pilot and have hiked many, many mountains. And I decided my 40s were going to be my adventure years. So that was my layer. And I still do lots of adventure travel and, you know, mountain climbing and running marathons all over the world. And so that is something that's been with me for, you know, 20 plus years now. And it has led to a very rich life. So put a layer on your life that you begin and you keep cultivating for your whole life around the things that you love. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think what happens in society, you get pigeonholed. Well, this is what you do. You're a marketer. So you do marketing things. And I remember working for a tech company as an accountant and I came in a Monday morning and someone says, how was your weekend? And my husband is a pilot. So every Saturday we go take the Cirrus and we go flying for fun. And then on Sundays I record my podcast and edit. So I told her that and she's like, who the heck are you? Yeah. You know, for her, I blew her mind the fact yeah. that I, I work in a tech company as an accountant, but I'm flying on Saturday and doing a podcast on Sunday. And, you know, we all have many passions, but I love that your book really helps people layer and decide that you don't just have to pigeonhole. What is your dream? And and how do you see it? Like, do you feel your passion and your desires are, are nestled in your heart and that we often don't pay attention to them? Or how do you see it? That is such a great question. You know, I oftentimes say to people, go back to your younger self. Mm -hmm. where you've given up a lot of your dreams and your passions and identify those because they're the ones that you can grab that thread and build it out, right? Mm -hmm. Every Everyone has some kind of creative dream in them or some kind of dream that they can uh, pursue some kind of hobby that they love. Just mm -hmm. take that thread and run with it is the kind of thing that I always say yeah. because everybody has something and it's just identifying what, what that is for you. Yeah, and uh, so... You know, this is something many years ago when I was in corporate America, had not really done any hobbies for a long time, lost touch with what my passion even was. Where would you instruct someone to even begin if they've kind of lost touch of what they even love or connect with? Well, that that means the internal work. You've got to do the work to, uh, to identify. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I picked up in my adult life was photography that I really ended up doing in my, quite frankly, in my 40s. I mean, I really started it in my 40s and I took lessons and I took, you know, lots of, spent a lot of money with, this is pre-digital, right? Before, <laughs> spent a lot of money with things cut on the, on the cutting room floor. But ultimately I jumped in headfirst into the photography world. I learned about photographers, I took classes, I went to auctions, I went to galleries. I started putting together a portfolio. Mm you know, what happened, you know, 10 years out is I had my first photography show, which led to a book, nice. which led to other books. And so photography became a passion that I really pursued and still pursue. And so start small, you know, just identify something and start small and start building on it. Yeah. And it's amazing what can happen. And you mentioned something like going back to your childhood. What is something you you kind of did all the time and you didn't think about? Uh, for me, it was walking through nature all the time and connecting with animals. And and sometimes just going back and doing those things will lighten your heart, uh, put a a light on to go like kind of recalling what those desires are that right, maybe right. You know, gone to sleep or gone into sleep. Yeah, I talked to someone who had been a musician in their young life and they, you know, as they got to college, they kind of got sidetracked. And, you know, he picked it up again in his fifties 
And he's, you know, thriving as a, you know, amateur musician. And he's now got a group, a band, and, you know, they do local gigs and he's, he's just loving it. And another story in the book was a guy who was always interested in being a boxer when he was a little kid. And at the age of 47, he went back to it and ended up becoming the world champion uh, master's boxer at this big event that takes place every year. And, you know, that was like a 10 year journey. And he's, he, he ends up he's managing boxers now as well. And so, you know, it's that kind of thing. If you pick it up from where you where you left it off, you can build an amazing experience for yourself. Yeah. And that's so true. I think in our culture, we often have this idea that, oh, you're too old for that. It's passe. You can't do that anymore. And I've heard of bodybuilders. One gal, I think she said she started in her 50s, uh, never bodybuild or did any of that sort of thing. Another woman started in her 60s, never did any exercise and she could barely walk. And she started just going to the gym, got interested in weight training. And now she's doing competitions. Who would have thought? So I love that. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I ran the Toronto Marathon a few years ago, and I watched the first 100-year-old man cross the finish line of a marathon. Wow. And his name is Falja Singh. And when I, when I met him and chatted with him, he ran his first marathon when he was 82 years old. And so there you oh. go. Right? <laughs> There's exactly. hope. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to run a marathon, but you know, what's, what's your dream? What's your ambition? It can happen at any time. You said something which, you know, I, in the book, I take on a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Like I hate the word retire because oh. what you're going to do is you're going to rewire, right? Mm-hmm. I hate the word um, age appropriate. And I love the word person appropriate. Because to your point, you can do anything at, at, at any time, right? Yeah. So we, we put these shackles around ourselves. I call it self-imposed ageism that we mm-hmm. put around ourselves. That we say, well, I can't do that because I'm too old. Or I can't do that because I'm getting older. And it's all, you know, BS. I mean, you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want, assuming you're, you're healthy, you take care of yourself. The fundamentals are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an amazing amount of things you can do. So, yeah, person appropriate is my mantra. I love that. Uh, you know, I know many years ago, my mom was telling me, yeah, go there, get get a job, retire, then have fun. And I'm like, that sounded so not completely like an ideal life. Who wants to wait to, to, to right. finish out working to then have fun? You can have fun all the way through with work, during, and then, as you said, who wants to retire and sit on a couch somewhere? And often I heard that people who end up retiring shortly thereafter, they end up dying because what do they have to live for? Where's their purpose? Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing too, is it used to be when retirement is a 1930s um, construct, retiring Mm -hmm. never existed before that. Now, part of that was because you worked and you worked until you died. And that was where it was. But in the thirties, the government, created this program to start moving people out so that you got, you know, younger people in. But the reality was in the 1930s, you know, the average life expectancy was you're in your early 60s. So a 65 year old retirement, you know, you didn't have much many more years to live. Mm -hmm. But we haven't shifted that construct because if you are forced to retire at 65 and today's, you know, average life expectancy is almost 80. And if you're healthy and live to be 90, you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do for 25 years? You know, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to, you, you, how often can you do the proverbial golf game or go <laughs> visit, you know, go visit the kids and the, and the grandkids? 
So I think that, you know, these reimagineers are completely reworking the construct and they're completely and I'm excited about it because the subsequent generations are going to do things that we don't even know, you know, what is going to happen. But I love these this idea of completely restructuring what that life is going to look like. Absolutely. And now with the age of technology, there's so much you can do that before, like even we were talking about photography. I mean, earlier, how expensive was it to buy all right. of that film? Right. Now you just get a really good digital camera and you could take cameras galore. You don't have to, oh, I ran out. Got to get some more film. Nope. Yep. So that, yep. that's phenomenal. Uh, where can everyone get a wonderful copy of your book, Roar? Uh, where can they get a copy? Well, thank you so much. We're, um, we are hardbound. We are Kindle and we are Audible. It's on every platform from your whatever your choice is, from Amazon to Barnes & Noble to your local indie bookstores. Um, RoarByMichaelClinton.com you have on the screen, which is the author's website. We're going to be doing meetups and we're going to be doing virtual uh, virtual book events and all the above. So, um, yeah, come, come and join us. I'm on LinkedIn. Twitter, Facebook has Roar Facebook page. So, you know, join the community. Join the awesome. community. Yes. Right. And, and I'm I'm hoping this that anyone sitting out there having a flame in their heart that they've not, you know, put out there that they really begin to examine it and go full force roar into any part of your life, whether it's your second part or, you know, any part of your life and get going. Thank you so much, Michael Clinton, for coming today to Savvy Broadcasting. Unleash your story. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks so much. Great to be here with you. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.